Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Christina Leung. Christina is a Principal Economist and Head of Membership Services at the New Zealand Institute of Economic Research. She looks after NZIER's economic forecasts and analysis of the quarterly survey of business opinion. In addition, Christina also undertakes analysis for a wide range of clients and assessing issues important for the New Zealand economy, including the economic impact of an industry or an investment or a significant event, such as COVID-19. Prior to working at NZIER, Christina worked at the Reserve Bank of New Zealand and also at ASB Bank. Christina is a CFA charter holder and also holds a Bachelor of Commerce with First Class Honours in Economics from the University of Auckland. Good afternoon, Christina, and thank you very much for joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really looking forward to hearing more. Um, Now, the first question that I would love to ask you is to take you a little way back. And when you were a child or or maybe a few years later, even when you were a teenager, what were you thinking about or dreaming about in terms of a career? So I've always been interested in economics. It helped that I had a really good economics teacher that really drew through the why economics matters and how it applies to our everyday lives. And from that also, my parents were interested in uh, the current affairs and what's going on and really encouraged us to think more about what's going on out in society more broadly. Also the fact that when we first came to New Zealand, inflation, this was back in the early 90s and inflation was very high back then. So uh, my parents coming here with savings and it was also uh, trickier for them to find a job than that imagine. So imagine coming here with savings in a time of high inflation. It is actually very scary not knowing how long these Uh, savings will last for in terms of the purchasing power. This was back when the Reserve Bank was just um, introducing inflation targeting. And for them to think that Reserve Bank was this prestigious place uh, fighting inflation. And for me, I enjoyed economics at school. Reserve Bank was in Wellington. I was in a very, lived in a traditional uh, Asian household where I was probably expected to live at home uh, until I got married and all that. And then so for me, I really thought that getting a job at the Reserve Bank in Wellington would be a good way for me to branch out and move out of home as well. So kind of many reasons for economics being interesting. That fabulous teacher who taught you about the importance, seeing your parents' own journey and challenges, but also as you said, it was perhaps a, a route to spread your own wings a little bit as well. And you said you kind of had that interest in economics and you obviously went on to study there at university. What was it about economics that you found really interesting? I think fundamentally, everyone thinks about economics as this uh, very technical and tricky uh, subject, but fundamentally actually affects all of us, right from what happens to mortgage rates or the returns we'll get on our savings, all the way to what it means for 
our income, labour market. So right across the board, we are affected by economics in some way. So I think that's what why I'm so interested in because it's just it's across such a broad range of issues. And I think we've seen that this year in 2020, but actually I think everyone's got a greater degree of understanding of economics now this year because we can see all the different ways in which it does affect our our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Even if we look at some of the polls that have been conducted prior to the election, asking people what were the key issues. And I think the economy stood out as the top one that people were interested in. It just goes to show how much, particularly with the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak, people are thinking about how it would affect them personally. Absolutely. And what were your, apart from joining the Reserve Bank, did you have any kind of early job or jobs along the way while you were studying? So while I was studying, I was working part-time as a casual processing checks. This was early in the morning and for someone that's not really a morning person, it was a little bit of a challenge. Um, So I would go and and process checks before I went uh, to attend lectures. So that was quite a good way for me, firstly, to get some understanding of working in a bank in the back office and then also just as first income as well as I was studying. Yeah, absolutely. And then, as you said, you ended up doing that kind of that job that you'd hoped for or dream for, which was working with the Reserve Bank. What were some of the highlights, but also some of the challenges of those first few years of your career? Yeah, that was a really exciting time for me, particularly it was during the global financial crisis. And to see how to be right in the thick of it, providing advice to the Monetary Policy Committee, having all these changes, sudden changes go through in financial markets, how we as the central bank respond to those, what's going on as well in that fast-paced environment. It was a very exciting but also challenging time to be working at the Reserve Bank. Absolutely. What were some of the the challenges that, that you found? I think having to grapple with things changing so rapidly, the fact that financial markets, what's going on from one day to the next, also their expectations of what the Reserve Bank itself was going to do, uh, what central banks around the world was doing in response, and just a lot of things that we always, now we hear often but that, about how unprecedented things were, but back then, really, we faced some very unprecedented times. Unprecedented and also connected, you know, you see how much actually the whole world is connected through the financial markets. That's right. And we see that with the Reserve Bank. It's not for Reserve Bank here in New Zealand to be operating in isolation. What the central banks overseas do matter a lot for us, particularly through the mechanism of the exchange rate. For example, if other central banks are cutting interest rates, while it might not necessarily be optimal to have such loose monetary policy, not doing so would risk underpinning New Zealand dollar strength and that would impact negatively on our export sector. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really interesting to kind of see how it all starts to come together and how it does affect the day-to-day potentially the price that a farmer might get for their wool or their milk, for example, actually is absolutely impacted by all those things happening around the world. Yeah, fascinating. And then from after a few years at the Reserve Bank, I think you moved to ASB. So what prompted that that move and, and also into the private sector? 
ASB was just expanding their economics team and they were reached out to me because they were looking for someone with central bank experience. And so for me, having worked for at the Reserve Bank for five years, it was quite a good time for me to think about my next step. And it just seemed like a natural progression, having worked in both financial markets and in the forecasting team at the Reserve Bank. But being a bank economist and uh, working in the on the dealing floor, looking at data developments and what it means for the outlook for the New Zealand economy, it seemed like a natural progression. Also, the fact that I lived in Wellington for five years, and whilst I still really enjoyed going back to Wellington, and I really loved the cultural aspect of it. I was also ready to try something new as well. When ASB reached out to me with the opportunity, then it was definitely something that I saw as a very positive next step for in my career. Fantastic. And then what was the journey to the role that you're doing today as, as Principal Economist for the New Zealand Institute of Economic Research? So after five years as a bank economist at ASB, I was looking at how I could broaden my skill set beyond just being a bank economist and looking at data developments and relating that solely to the outlook for the New Zealand economy. I wanted to think more broadly about the different economic issues uh, that we're grappling with. And working in consultancy allows me to have more variety in my job and thinking more broadly about a lot of these different matters. So for me, with the NZIR just starting up their Auckland office, it was a good progression as the next, a good natural progression to move to become a consultant at NZIR. Interesting. And, and then since then, I think you've been promoted through to the role of, of principal economist. What do you think helped you to progress in that way? I think having a personal brand uh, certainly helps because then clients will come to you when they have um, some ideas in mind about some projects. So a lot of Uh, My job is about networking and making sure that clients think of you when they have some important issue that they need to be answering and helping clients solve their problems. So being able to work on some complex issues, answering problems for clients and developing solutions, that was something I really enjoyed about my job. Absolutely. What else do you really love about your work? I think dealing with the variety of things that I'm working on, for example, over the years I've worked on some matters that are quite important for New Zealand and well-being more generally, different aspects of the labour force, how we want to be, whether it's in in the corporate, how we deal with staff retention, all the way to in the region, how we want to be attracting the right workers into the region. So it's the fact that I get to work on issues that people feel are important and also will impact on the economy over a longer term. What a fascinating variety of issues. They all sound, yeah, super interesting to be uh, to be looking into. And you talked briefly there, Christina, about kind of personal brand. And before we even started recording today, we talked a bit about, you've been featuring a bit on the AM show. Um, and I've, you know, seen you featured in, in, in the news media with, with some commentary. How did you get into that? Yeah, I'm the first to admit that when I first started doing media interviews, I wasn't very good at it. (laughs) And it was something that I made a conscious effort to improve on. So that meant that I grabbed every opportunity that was presented in doing media interviews. Even when it was hard at first, I knew that it was something that 
only can improve with practice. So the more I did it, the more comfortable I became with doing media interviews. So certainly when I was approached to do a weekly slot on the AM show, that was something that was very scary at first, but also something quite exciting and something that I knew I wanted to be able to feel I could do a good job at. And it was certainly something that I felt the more I did over the weeks, I got more comfortable with being on live TV. I can imagine it's not absolutely not easy to start off with, but I like the fact that you put yourself out there and recognise, look, I'm not going to be perfect straight off, but actually the more practice I get, then the the better I'll get at it, which is great. And I'm really conscious that if you look at some of the economists who are in the media, and of course there's been a a lot of economists featured this year in particular, given the impacts of COVID-19, there's a lot of guys, whether it's people like... Tony Alexander or, or Brad Olson, or you see a lot of male names and, and fewer women out there. What do you think it might take to get a few more women into those, like yourself, into the more senior ranks of, of uh, economists and, and economic commentators? I've been really lucky that I've been provided with a lot of opportunities when I think about it, when a lot of the journalists that reach out to me, they always like to say, yep, we want to make sure that we have a diversity of uh, views out there. So in that sense, I do acknowledge that plays a part, that there's a widespread wanting that diversity of views. Me as well, just wanting to make sure that by being out there a lot more than I am making people see the possibility, I would hope, that yes, they too can have that as a career path down the track. Mm. I really, the importance of building each other up, particularly when it comes to women. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great that actually the media are looking for, for diverse panels because the reality is, is that you want economists who have a range of different perspectives and backgrounds because then you'll bring and talk about different issues. But, you know, as you said, economics touches the lives of every single person in New Zealand. So having that range of views becomes really important. That's right. And I do um, acknowledge and appreciate the fact that journalists are out there looking for that diversity of views. It's certainly not something I ever take for granted. It's very nice that in some ways it's still very humbling that people still want to know what my views are and that it matters. So in that sense, I really enjoy that public aspect of things as well. Yeah, great. I guess the media side sometimes may have its tough bits, particularly when you you start to get a profile and and I know you know a lot of women who have some kind of a profile do find social media tough have you found Mm -hmm. any downsides of having more of a public profile you do need to have tough skin to be and put keep putting yourself out there in the public domain Uh, certainly from my own experience I would say Facebook is the one that gets uh, feedback from a wide range of people (laughs) other than that Uh, generally, I think people do appreciate there's a diversity of views. But yeah, you just got to take it as that's part of your job. If you're going to be in the public, you have to be prepared that there are some people that will disagree with your views, whether rightly or wrongly. And that's just part of it, really. I think that that thick skin is um, is easy to say. It can sometimes be harder to do. But in certain forms of social media, I know that can be a bit tougher than others. As you look back on your career to date, Christina, what would you say have been some of your toughest career challenges or or moments? 
I think the challenges have also been the ones that have been quite highlights for me once I've managed to overcome them. Certainly, as I mentioned before, doing the whole media, particularly with live interviews, when I first started doing them, they were a challenge. And as you say, dealing with the uh, public scrutiny, that's one of the challenges that come with it as well. But it is something that when I'm doing it, and also with the positive feedback that I do get, it is something that I feel quite a sense of achievement about as well. I think it is sometimes those toughest times where we learn a lot, but if it's been challenging, if you've had to have a lot of courage to put yourself forward for it, then absolutely you get to the other end and, and it's, it feels more like a highlight or, or more something that you can be proud of. The title for this podcast is The Female Career. Have there been any particular mm. challenge or obstacles as a, as a woman that you faced in your career? I do feel that generally, probably initially, perhaps pro- probably more a few years back when I probably looked younger than I do now. (laughs) When I first go and present, there is probably some scepticism about whether I have the experience or to talk about what I'm talking about. But then I, what I do enjoy is the fact that as I'm doing my presentation, then people start to take me more seriously. And so in that aspect of that, I've really enjoyed that whole proving myself part. And I think it's, something that certainly there's more work that can be done towards it. But having said that, I found people overall to be very supportive in seeking those that diversity of views as well, which I've really appreciated. Super. And as you said, I know that quite a few young women do have that experience sometimes of if they're presenting something actually at the start, are they taken seriously? But as you said, you know, as you would come across as very knowledgeable and a real expert in your subject that you're able to prove yourself and, and turn their views around. Great. And you've probably got a pretty full-on role as you manage what's already a big job, the different client demands, potentially some media as well. How do you find balance between your working life and, and your broader life? I think it's important to carve out some personal time for yourself to make sure that you do put time aside for that. For me, exercise is a very important part of my life. I find the times when I don't have Uh, time for exercise. I remember one gym instructor once said, if you don't have time for exercise, then you should make time to be sick. And I actually do think that is true. Generally, when when I don't make time for exercise, I'm more likely to get sick. So that said, I make sure that I am getting that exercise I need, but also with spending time with family and friends as well. That's very important to me. However, that said, if there are important deadlines that I need to meet when it comes to work, then sometimes it might just be the case that work has to come first. And whilst it is ideal to have that work-life balance, is not always possible in the short run, but just making sure that overall you are achieving that balance. (laughs) That's the important thing. It's a nice, really nice perspective on it because you're right, in kind of any day or even any week, we might not feel wholly in balance where we might have weeks which are good and some weeks which are not so good. But if you look at it over the broader term, actually, as a whole, do we feel we've managed to find some kind of a balance in there? Yeah. That's right. I think it's about cutting yourself some slack as well. As much as I make sure I have time for exercise, sometimes it might just not be possible in one week and that's okay as long as I make sure to have exercise in the next week and it doesn't become a long-term thing. I think we need to not be so hard on ourselves and have this uh, 
ideal of having it all. That's not always possible to be able to have work and uh, that whole work-life balance always work in our favour. Sometimes it doesn't, but as long as over the medium term on average that we always talk about, that you do have that balance, then that's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about some of your tougher career moments or some of those things that you found more challenging. What have been some of your proudest career moments? I've really enjoyed in my role developing people at my company. So making sure um, that they work on things that they feel are meaningful and matter. So whether that's, for example, the work we do for clients and getting them to come along with me to the client visits so that they can see why it matters to the client. And I do feel that motivates all of us as a team to do a good job for the client. That's a really uh, satisfying part of my job, I would say, to be able to, people that work with me, to feel oh yeah, I see why this is important and I want to make sure that we get this right. Mm, I think it gives work meaning and and purpose, doesn't it? If you can somehow see the big picture or see why you're doing what you're doing, whatever level that you're at. That's right. Also, uh, the fact that, for example, if I'm explaining some complex issue to a client and I see that almost that light bulb go off and they get it, to me, that's a very uh, satisfying part of my job as well. To be able to communicate these very complex and sometimes ambiguous concepts into something that they can understand and see why it's important. And that's a wonderful skill, whether it's for clients or for the media or for the general public, you know, that to have that skill to be able to communicate actually what are some very often quite complex topics into something that is meaningful and and understandable. Yeah. That's right. At the end of the day, people are interested in why should this matter to them? So I see a large part of my role as being able to convey that and articulate that for them and the implications uh, personally for them. Mm. And of course, economy more broadly. And where do you see your career now heading in the future? This is certainly something that I'm constantly assessing and being a very goal-oriented person. And where I want to develop more in would be in that whole, how can I develop the people that work with me, make sure that we all uh, are working on meaningful work, that progressing people through and seeing people flourish. That's something certainly I'm keen to work more in that space. Great. And career-wise, have you got any thoughts? You know, I'm conscious you're already pretty, uh, at a pretty senior level from an economics perspective and, and the role that you're doing. Do you still see economics kind of being as, as part of your career or are there any other things that you might be thinking about for the future? Economics is certainly a very important part of my career, just the fact that I've got a very strong background in it. And as I say, um, as such an integral part of all our lives. So to be able to work on some of the issues that are quite important, whether that's from a strategy or in the policy space, to me, that's very satisfying. So certainly in my career, I'm keen to continue to work in that area, as well as making sure that the people that work with me continue to develop and progress in their career as well. Great. I look forward to seeing and hearing where where your career might take you. I'd have one last question, Christina. What career advice would you have for other women? I would say that to take the opportunities where you can, sometimes they might not come up or they might seem a bit scary at first, but if you back yourself then and to do a good job, then 
generally your and also I feel that when you uh, do something that's a little bit scary and out of your comfort zone and then you manage to do it, it is such a confidence booster. So I would recommend that people um, take those opportunities where they can and that will in turn help to build confidence and hopefully progress their career <laughs> over the longer run. Brilliant advice. Well, Christina, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to speak to you today. And I just, you know, to hear the absolute passion that you have for for economics and the role it plays in our everyday lives, but also your varied career as you've come through the Reserve Bank, through to ASB, through to now into consulting, and then the variety of challenges that you get to tackle. It's been excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you wanting to know about the different aspects of my career and reaching out, so I appreciate it. Thanks. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.